0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We are one day away from the NFL Draft because it is indeed Wednesday, April 22nd. Man, are we excited for everything that is coming down the pipe in terms of draft coverage. We hope you're enjoying what we're doing here on the Pick 6 Podcast. Uh, I would encourage you to check the feed out coming up soon is a uh, an interview with uh, Scott Pioli, former Patriots GM, as well as uh, Chiefs GM, five-time Executive of the Year, uh, currently in the feed. And by the way, this is going to be a heavy gambling pod. This is all gambling. This is the prop bet pod, prop bet, proptacular. So if you want to win some cash in the NFL draft, Kenny White and RJ White, Cousin Kenny and Uncle RJ, or Uncle Kenny and Cousin RJ <laughs> are going to help us win. Um, also, uh, we'll have a final draft preview and a mailbag coming up on Thursday on the podcast. A bunch of prospect interviews coming up later on the day in Wednesday. Uh, Christian, I think Christian Fulton, Ezra Cleveland, um, Isaiah Simmons, a bunch of guys, uh, good prospects. And then we'll have reactions after every night of the show. So make sure and check that out. We also have bold predictions in the feed, tons of content. And if you love the podcast and you want to support us, we will be the Super Friends will be doing an hour of pregame leading up to the draft. So check that out on CBS Sports HQ, our 24/7 streaming sports network available on all your CBS Sports apps. Okay,
1: Kenny, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. You're so well prepared, Will. I love it. I you, you got everything going on and stacked up. You know, it's it's amazing that uh, even with the casinos closed, I will tell you this. Some of the operations that have apps out and players playing will do ten times as much handle as they did last year. Wow! Even with the casinos closing, you can't open up an account, but you can fund your existing account and bet with your existing account ten times as much handle this year. Can you imagine how much handle there'd be if the casinos were open? I guess.
0: Do you do you, wait, do you think that's a product of nothing else being like nothing else is on? So everybody's <laughs> only betting on the draft. But so right, I mean like. Like if the casinos were
1: open in theory, there would be other sports going on, right? So yeah, like, we've done five weeks of mock drafts on CBS. Do you think we would have done five five weeks of drafts at the NBA and NHL were playing? I I don't know. I don't think so. I've done I, more work on the NFL draft in this year than my entire life combined.
0: Wow. Uh RJ White, our senior draft editor. I don't know if that's your title, but it's close enough. You are a senior editor. Um are you excited for this draft?
2: I am i'm glad it's it's almost here uh you know it's always fun season for us. Uh, love doing mock drafts, love all the speculation, love, love trying to figure out what is, what's smokescreen and what's real. So, uh, it's always sad to put it to, to, to bed every year, but by the time we get through it, you're kind of ready to, cause it's just exhausting getting through that weekend.
0: It, it, yeah, it is. Uh, we are going to give out props based on what are, from our partner, our good friends at Billy Hill, uh, William Hill U.S. You can go to WilliamHill.com. Uh, you can bet on it in certain states as, as Kenny points out, you probably can't start an account right now. But, um, you know, if you have uh, if you have feel free to tweet us if you have other props you're looking at from other providers and you want us to answer them. Uh, it's at K. Is it at K. Whitey in Vegas? Is that right? K, K. Whitey Vegas. K. Whitey Vegas and at RJ White one. All right, Kenny. we're So we're going to go around the horn. We're going to do this um, in in the fashion of the cover three podcast. Our good friends, Chip Patterson and Tom Fornelli and Barton Simmons go around the horn and they give locks. If 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 you agree with one. If you agree with one that I say or RJ say, you know, jump in on it. If you disagree with that prop, you can ca- you can fire back at it. But uh, we'll each do our locks, and we're gonna do a couple turns, a couple wheels around the uh, I don't know, I don't know what I'm talking about, a couple turns around the bases or whatever it is. <laughs> Kenny, you're up first. <laughs> Your best product go
1: first. Yeah. Uh, you, you want me to start with my best ones first, or just. Uh... Just start firing a couple away. Fire one away right now. You
0: you uh, pretend like you're gonna give you're gonna give out five or six, and yeah. so make sure you get your best five or six out there.
1: Yeah, that's what I'll do. All right. Well, well, quarterback play. You know, a lot of talk about in, in this draft. I like under and over bets because uh, again, most are shaded a little too low. There's always going to be a player, Rashad Penny, uh, drafted that nobody knew about that throws the complete draft off and everybody gets bumped two or three slots. And I think that happens, but there's one quarterback that I think really has dropped his stock. Jake Fromm. Hmm. I'm over 68 and a half on him. That takes him to the, uh, middle of the third round, I think, uh, is where he's going to be drafted maybe the fourth round. Uh, small hands, just doesn't have the size to be an NFL quarterback. Uh, I, I think this one is a, is an easy lock with Jake Fromm over.
0: Hmm. RJ, any thoughts on, uh, Mr. Fromm? I know that, uh, Dan Orlovsky told us he thinks the Saints could make a, a play for him, but even then, I mean, it would be surprising in the, in the third round, I think.
2: Yeah, and if the Saints take him, that's late third round because they don't have a second round pick. So you're still hitting the over there. I like that pick. Uh, it wasn't one of mine, but, um, yeah, I could definitely see the over there. The thing with Fromm though is that it seems like quarterback coaches love him, you know, love his intelligence, love what he adds to the locker room. So if you're not necessarily looking for like a guy that's going to come in and lead your franchise, maybe you take that pick late, you know, late round two, early round three as a guy who's going to solidify that, uh, that number two spot on your quarterback death chart. But I think that would be high. I think any spot on i think in my seven round mock i had from somewhere around the 110s you know a mid mid fourth round pick and uh yeah that should cash pretty easy
0: all right yeah i, I agree you gotta love it
2: that's a good one um rj you're up <laughs> Yeah, so my favorite one's probably CJ Henderson going under twelve and a half as his draft position. It's plus one hundred now back when I was giving it out. Actually the first when I was giving it back out, my first edition of the top ten draft products at sportsline.com had the draft position at seventeen and a half, and I like the under there. It's dropped five spots. It was at plus 150 as of Monday when I gave a revised you know, edition of my column saying get the plus 150, great value. Now it's down to plus 100. So it seems like everybody knows that this guy is going in the top 12 picks. We expect him to go in the top 10, whether it's a team like Jacksonville taking him, Arizona taking him, whether it's the Falcons trading up because they want to be super aggressive. I think it's clear he's the top number two cornerback on the board. He's going to be in the top 10, and I think that's a pretty easy one for us.
0: Uh well, you know what? We have I don't know if it's lock uh Kenny, what do you think about that that uh that pick? I, I love it. Okay.
1: Uh you know that this, this probably he has taken the most money of any individual player mm. and because of the number open 17 and a half. Wow was bet down to fifteen and a half. It is now down to twelve and a half, and you gotta lay two dollars to go under twelve and a half. I I have CJ Henderson ranked my number two corner in the draft behind Jeff Okuda, and the difference is very minuscule. I would take C.J. Henderson if I had to pick between the two. I might flip a coin. I think C.J. Henderson is as good as Jeff Okuda. Um. All right. So you said it's.
0: Are you where are you seeing the minus two hundred for the under twelve and a
2: half? Uh, we our friends at William Hill. Really? Yeah. I saw it. I saw it as plus one hundred early Tuesday uh, to get under twelve and a half. Yeah. So uh maybe that value is out there when people are hearing this. Uh, on Wednesday, perhaps it's gonna keep steaming. <laughs> like, and by the way, when Where's we say,
0: it? when we say, uh, over, under on draft picks, it can get a little convoluted. The right. under, yeah. uh, the under means he will go 1 through 12, and the yeah. over means
2: 13 or later. Correct. And the pos- there is a possibility. I'm looking at the, uh, the odds that they offer for the New Jersey site, cause that's where I can uh, see them. Oh,
0: yeah. Kenny's
2: probably looking at the Vegas odds. There's gonna be some discrepancy there because people are betting in those different markets. So, if, if Kenny says minus 200 and I say plus 100, we're probably looking at different states and different markets. That's- okay,
0: that's probably right. Well, but that's actually helpful. And like, uh, that should tell you that if you can get the plus 100, you should hammer it right now because it's going to move to minus 200. And I agree. That was one of the locks that I had written down on my list as well. I think CJ Henderson goes in the top 10. I think there's a clear need for cornerbacks from multiple teams up there, whether it's the Jaguars. Um, I think the Panthers could take him at number seven. Um, you know, it's not crazy that the Lions, uh, trade down and then take him. If, if Jeff Akuta goes to the Giants, I mean, I think there's a lot of spots where CJ Henderson can go and, uh, there will be, uh, there's
1: going to be a lot of pre- a lot of push for cornerbacks here. I'm going to I'm going to make a correction on it that uh no the site I was looking at had him at at uh 13 and a half. Ah, yeah. To under to go under 13 and a half you got to lay $2, but you're right at William Hill under 12 and a half even money right now. So I I think that's going to move. I think that's going to be you're going to be laying a price under 12 and a half, but that's one of the bigger movers. 17 and a half down to 12 and a half.
0: Does it, does yeah, it, deep. does it bother you that you're getting a, a theoretical bad number here or, is it, or do you still think it's a good enough number where you take it? Not when you
2: uh, feel like you got the right side. RJ, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, I would be interested to hear what Kenny thinks about which one of those options he would like. Whether it's, if you're going under on, on, let's say you're just going under on each of those, would you take the 13.5 minus 200 or the 12.5 plus 100? Because the 49ers are a pretty key team there, the team that is sitting at 13. We expect they could trade down, but they're definitely a team with a cornerback needs. So I, I wonder whether you would rather have that 13 in your pocket.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm looking at the 49ers and I, I have cor- cornerback the fourth biggest need for the 49ers. Uh, Um, I, I don't think so. I, I, I wouldn't mind going under 12 and a half. Even we know the Raiders are talking wide receiver, but their second biggest need is a corner. So it wouldn't shock me if the Raiders went off the board and drafted Henderson.
0: Yeah. Everybody thinks the Raiders will take CD lamb and that's entirely possible or even Jerry Judy. But if they, if they look at the board and all three of the first top wide receivers are on there. And C.J. Henderson is also there. They could definitely go C.J. Henderson and then try and trade back up from uh, from whatever their was what their other pick. Nineteen, is that right? Yeah. Twelve and nineteen. I mean, like you could easily yep. get back up and get one of those wide receivers. So I, I don't think that would be shocking at all. I think you'll see Mike Mayock and John Gruden unless they trade up to get C.D. Lamb or somebody. I think you'll see them let the board come to come to them. All right, Kenny, uh, your next prop bet. What about yeah, you? Will? Will? Oh, my yeah, well, my was, was C.J. Yeah. Henderson.
2: Oh, so okay. You're doubling up with
0: me. Yeah. I had to, well, I was going to move CJ Henderson around, but I was like, I might as well lock it down. Yeah. I, mine are, mine are pre-written into this, into this document. I'm adding yours. I was thrilled that you had it in there as well.
1: Well, I'm going to go with another over and it's another later round pick. And that's another quarterback, Jacob Eason over 53 and a half. And I was so glad to hear RJ when I talked about Fromm at over 68 and a half. RJ had him at 110. Well, remember Jacob Eason had to leave Georgia because Jake Fromm beat him out. So I don't know why you want Jacob Eason. Um, he's he's got NFL size compared to Fromm, so it's completely different. But I'm t- t- thinking about skill sets at a quarterback. If Fromm beat out Eason, why would you be taking Eason at the 53rd pick in that round? I've got Eason going before Fromm, but I've got him going in the third round. Um, I went over 53 and a half. I'd like to hear you what you guys think about Jacob Eason.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with the over there. Uh, the, tr- you know, the trouble there, like you were saying, is that he's a lot more projectable to the NFL level. So you could see coaches falling in love with those traits in a way that they wouldn't. There's going to be some teams that just scratch from off the board with his hand size and, and with, uh, you know, everything that comes with it. But Eason is a guy you could see being your starting quarterback at the next level. So you could see somebody falling in love in the, in the round two range with him and going to get him. The thing that's key with him is I think a lot of teams, uh, a lot of people are connecting him with the Patriots as a possible Patriots selection if they don't go quarterback in round one. Now Another they don't have a round two round pick. pick, so if they're going to get up and get over somebody, they're going to have to trade up over this fifty three and a half. And uh, maybe we see that happen, uh, but I don't know. I think the talent is good enough that he's going to get pushed out of the the round two. And I, I like your pick there.
0: Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that as well. I think it's a it's a very good choice. Um, Eason, you know what? I, I think we I think it was me and Danny Cannell talking about it. But like, if you could combine Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason, like take Jake Fromm's brain and drop it in Jacob Eason's body, that's a top five pick. Um, or, you know, I mean, or like, and, it, you know, unfortunately, you just, you can't do that. Not legally anyway. And, uh, <laughs> and, and as a result, both these guys are probably going to drop. I, I think too, one of the things about this, Second round. When you look at the guy like there are gonna be a ton of wide receivers and cornerbacks coming off the board in the second round. And I think I mean, like I think it could be half the second round. And that's just gonna push some of these second tier quarterbacks down a little bit further. So I like it as well. Uh RJ, do you want me to give my next one so you don't think I'm stealing from you or are you comfortable going ahead?
2: You could you could go first. I just like that you're writing the Hollywood script now that you're gonna send out to all the producers out there that combines the movies draft day and get out. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> Ooh, I like it.
2: Um, I, You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the uh,
0: first offensive lineman taken. I'm going to go Andrew Thomas at five to one. Um, I don't think he's the top uh, lineman on everybody's board, but I think there is a whole lot of Val doth protest too much coming out of the New York football Giants. First, they're like, oh, yeah, like, oh, we're so open to trading down. God, we just can't wait to trade down. And then they leak out that they're like, they really like Justin Herbert and they've been working him out. What are we doing here? Nobody, the Giants are taking Justin Herbert. Dave Gettleman will be, he'll have his pants pulled up over his head and shot into the sun if he takes Justin Herbert a year after taking Daniel Jones six overall. I think what they're going to do is they're going to stand pat and they're going to take a lineman because they know they need to block for Saquon, as he said, and they got to protect Daniel Jones. And the most, the safest guy right now with the Makai Becton uh, weed thing happening to me is Andrew Thomas. And I think Dave Gettleman wants a safe pick who will improve the offense. And Andrew wow. Thomas does that from day one. I could see him going fourth overall, five to one, good value for me.
2: Yeah, I kind of like the value there. Um, out of the the options, uh, um, Mackay Becton came off the board with that flag drug test news, and so you can only get those top three, and then you're looking at he's, the, no, the he's, outside he's, shots. He's back on the board now. Yeah, ten to one. In. Yeah, ten to one. So, I mean, that's kind of good value too. It's not, you know, I think Thomas is probably a little bit safer pick there. Um, but I think it's going to be Wills for the Giants. You know, we talked about on the Pick Six Pod, uh, mock draft show uh, that there's the connection there with Joe Judge and Alabama. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of lean back on those those uh, relationships at this point you kind of make that as the default, since you can't do all the, the pre-draft work that you normally could. So Wills is the favorite here at minus 130. I think he's going to be the pick, but there's not great value in it. So I don't mind Thomas as a value play if I do one.
1: Yeah, look. look, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, That's okay. You know, some great offensive linemen. Uh, I, I like Tristan Wirfs in uh, his workouts, the numbers that he came with. And coming from Iowa, Kirk Ferentz is the best offensive line coach in college football. He is the best teacher of fundamentals. When you get a guy that's this athletic of a freak with those fundamentals, Worths is the best buy. But you know what, Tristan Tom, or Anderson, uh, Andrew Thomas, Andrew Thomas, forty-one starts in the SEC, mm-hmm. the NFL minor leagues. He is the guy that is the most ready to face NFL pass rushers and to be able to grind uh, out yardage for the ground game for the Giants. Uh, I, I see Thomas at that position very likely because of that one thing the experience exactly. that he has at that level and he's got all the numbers he's got the size the strength the speed he fits right there so but I like worths better but I could see Thomas going with the fourth pick to the Giants it, it is it is almost completely as a result of Beckton coming off
0: the, I think Becton's off uh, Dave Gellman Dave Gellman has been basically told and he said it if he doesn't make the playoffs he's getting fired um the only way to make the playoffs is is if you like this draft pick, this number four overall pick is so key for him in that it has to be somebody who improves them tangibly this year for him to save his job. And I think you can't go with Beckton because all of a sudden if he's struggling, it's like, like the New York Daily Post is like, 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 uh, I was coming up with some crazy pun involving Weed and, and Makai Becton. And it's like a picture of him, like Daniel Jones getting sacked. So instead you go with Thomas who gives you a very high floor. Uh, hmm. RJ.
2: Yes, it would be it would be giant question mark. That's the headline. I'm gonna put Ooh, that out there. there um, I like it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna jump on the two attack Tungavaloa grenade here. Team to draft Tua, Miami at plus one twenty five. Over the whole process, they were minus odds. They were they were presumptive favorite. It's been dropping and dropping. Now it's down to plus one twenty five. I mean, I think I they're still Is the it, favorite. It's, I, it's I, plus one twenty five, right? Plus 125, That's and they're still, the fav- they're still the favorites. I think the Chargers might be plus 130, plus 140. But I mean, this is a lot of value emerging on on what could be a smokescreen situation with all this negative buzz. It, you know, t- interested teams are floating that negative information out in the hopes that they can get him to fall to them, um, or may- or maybe the Dolphins don't have to pay much in a trade up. I think all these mock drafts that we're coming out with this week, we just have them sitting at five and taking two, the ones that that like him because they don't expect to trade up anymore. And I think even if you do want to consider a trade up, Dolphins are the ones that have all that capital in our mock draft we had you know them flipping with the Giants to get to four and get to a so I don't know who's going to come up and get to it if it's not Miami uh, when you're talking about a trade, I think we're getting good value here. I would put his odds at going to Miami at better than 50 percent right now.
1: Yeah, you know that whenever you got a 50 50 bet and you're taking a price. You've got great value. You're going to make a lot of money in the long run making bets like that because you're right. I, I think it's the Dolphins or the Chargers, so I, I, I'm on board with that. That's one of the plays that I actually are going to talk about later today on CBS. Um, would, would be interesting. The one thing I'm, you know, seen and heard and talked about with the Lions having the third pick and being so close to the Patriots mm. camp. You know, if they made a blockbuster trade with the Patriots and so the Patriots could trade up to number three. To get to a Tagovailoa as their quarterback for the future, that would be quite amazing. That would really throw the NFL into a, a whirlwind. The, the, everyone can't can't wait for the non-Patriot fans. Well, that's probably 31 out of the 32, you know, percent of the fans <laughs> in the country hate the Patriots. Would love to see them
0: fall. Uh, well, worth noting, Kenny. So the pod on Monday, we did a mock draft, and we started talking about how RJ actually came up with a scenario. Where the Patriots trade to ten, they give Joe Tooney to the Browns, uh, for the swap. You know, it's ten and twenty three for, or excuse me, twenty three and Tooney for ten, and then you jump from ten to three and grab Tua there and snake the Dolphins. And like, I, I mean, I I know that a lot of these draft props are based on rumors and buzz and and all that sort of stuff, but like the Patriots are fifteen to one here to take Tua. I mean, that's a pretty low price considering that they're at number 23.
1: And and it opened up 30 to 1. It Mm. was 30 to 1, down to 20, down to 15.
2: And especially if he keeps sinking with this, this if you do buy in and you don't say it's a smoke screen, the further he falls, the easier it is for them to trade up and get him without having to give up as much as as we talked about on the pod. Um, in addition to Tooney getting to ten, then they would be giving up their future first round pick and then one of their third rounders to get to three or four. So uh, if they don't have to give up that much of a price, you know, you could see it be if he gets to eight or nine, you could see it even being easier for the Patriots to get up. So I don't mind that either. You know, Belichick has a relationship with Saban; they're close. Um, he would be more confident. I think into his prognosis. Than than anyone else, if Saban is giving him the green light.
0: Uh, the other the other Tua prop that I saw here on Williamhill.com, uh, Tua uh, over under. The over has now so it's now it's three and a half still. The over is minus three sixty and the under is plus two eighty. I don't hate the under because I think there is still a chance that the Dolphins will trade up to uh probably not two, but maybe to three. Like if you're the Lions why would you not take the deal? Like you're going to get Acuda or Simmons either way. If the dolphins offer you the 39th pick to switch to number three, just do, I know it's terrible value, but just take to be like, give us your best offer. And we'll we'll go from three to five, unless you're like lying in wait for the Patriots. This would of course bring the Patriots, you know, scenario into play. I, I don't hate that under it at three and a half. And I, I had to, uh, to the dolphins as one of my locks as well. So, um, on the same
2: page here, RJ. I uh, hey, like that you, you read my Sportsline article and you're just taking all my locks trip I, I actually, I actually haven't
0: read it, but people should go <laughs> read your uh, articles at Sportsline and you've used k- promo code white, which may, maybe, maybe, do we know that it's definitely not giving Kenny the,
2: uh, <laughs> the I think code. he has a different promo code.
0: <laughs> k white, um, Uncle Kenny. <laughs> Use promo code Uncle Kit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Use promo code White, and uh, you can get your uh, first month for a dollar. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll keep ripping through these props. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here?
0: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived.
1: Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
0: Alright, Kenny, you're back on the board. Uh, give us another prop to check out.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with, um, Justin Herbert. We're talking about quarterbacks over the five and a half. Uh, there's been a lot of money on him, um, on the under and, and I'm, I'm banking on the Dolphins, grabbing Tua Tagavaloa. The Chargers would be number six and grabbing Justin Herbert. I don't know why people are going under five and a half. I just don't see it. So I, I think that's the, the value play is to go Herbert over five and a half.
2: I agree with that. There's so much buzz that that's built up that two is going to drop and Herbert's going to be the guy that comes that, uh, that benefits from it. And I just don't know. I don't think the Dolphins take him at five. Even if the Dolphins aren't sold on Tua, I don't think they take Herbert at five. I think they pivot, go with a left tackle at five and then maybe look at a quarterback at 18 or 26, uh, getting Herbert or love, one of those guys, or even trading up if they want to do that, um, to get into the teens, you know, and, and pick one there. So yeah, I don't see Herbert as a top five pick. It would surprise me. And the fact that the price has dropped, I think you got to get in on it.
0: It's also. Ridiculous that the over under is five and a half um and the over is plus money when like a lot of people have been pegging the chargers to take him at six. Like so I mean you even like I I don't think Justin Herbert's good. And I, I might I might be dead ass wrong on this and I could end up looking like an idiot. And I'm fine with that. It happens. Uh Pete Prisco once said, I've watched the tape. And I, I'm telling you Christian Ponder is better than Cam Newton, but that's just me. Uh, that tweet has not aged well. I look forward to retweeting it on Thursday. Um, it's from like 2011, obviously, but it's still fun to retweet. Uh, and, um, I just don't see it with Herbert. And I don't think the Dolphins do either. And I don't think most people do. And I, and I think that like, if you look at the timing of it, there's a stretch of two days when all the Miami media started saying the Dolphins are on Herbert. And then over the two days after that, all the national media started saying that the Dolphins are on Herbert. It looks very calculated and very planned with either, either the Dolphins have the loosest lips that are going to sink the ship of all time or they planned out this smokescreen to try and drive down Tua's price. And I just think it's the latter. And so look, I mean, that's probably going to flip
2: my draft day bets. One, however this goes with Herbert or Tua, but I'm willing to take that chance. And then look, look at the rest of the board. You know, compare props. You go to the third quarterback drafted prop and you got Justin Herbert at minus 140, Tua at plus 115. Jordan Lovitz plus 700. I mean, how do those two things square? The only way they could is if somebody's trading up to get Tua and, you know, at 3 or 4 and then, you know, Miami takes Justin Herbert at 5. That's the only scenario. But that seems unlikely at this point. We haven't we haven't seen a trade go down. Washington would have traded that pick already if it was going to happen. So maybe there's a surprise in, in, in on Thursday night and we get a trade at 3, 2 or 3, but I don't see how both those props happen. It just seems weird to have the odds of where they are.
0: Hey, by the way, look, I will say something too. Here's, here's the interesting thing about, uh, these prop bets is that they hang out there and they have lower limits. Um, they are the only major sport bets that are out there, but on Thursday, you know, you listen to this on Wednesday. If on Thursday, the Dolphins make a trade for the Redskins, sprint to your book and hammer the under for Tua. Hammer. I mean, right? Like, like you can get advantage because these, these lines won't move that fast in certain spots.
2: If they don't take it off the board, I mean, they could easily, sure. you know, suspend the betting and then figure out where they want to put the line and it comes back up.
0: Well, so no, I, but I'm, I'm saying like, so, but the draft, the draft is weird because is different because it's all rumors and innuendo. Like you get this buzz leading up to the thing actually happening. Like on, uh, two years ago when Baker went one overall, um, there was all this, like you woke up on Thursday morning, it was like Schefter and Rappaport were like, Okay, uh Baker. Baker's going first. Like you know, you could tell like somebody had leaked it, and Baker was going first. And Baker was like eight to one to go first overall, or five to one. And I mean, we got you know, me and some friends got in on that, and that was a big win. Um, RJ, I'll let you go next because there's no chance you're taking my prop.
2: Yeah, mine are a little bit more general for the first round from here on out. Uh, number three for That's me right. is. Total round one cornerbacks. Ooh. The line is at four and a half, and I got over four and a half at minus 138. You know, you got to pay a little juice to get the over there, but I think very good chance it hits. Okuda and Henderson are going to be in the top ten, it looks like. There's at least six other corners I could see landing in the first round. AJ T- Terrell has picked up buzz. He might be headed for the teens now. Yep. Um, And then you got Jalen Johnson. His medicals have checked out. He could be a first-round pick where a lot of people wouldn't have thought that. And then you throw in Jeff Gladney, Christian Fulton, Trevon Diggs, just all these names. I wouldn't even be shocked if there's a few other. <laughs> that are in consideration and the needs match the talent there because when you start looking at the back half of the first round the guys that don't get Henderson or Akuda, you're talking about you know Falcons if they don't trade up Cowboys Raiders Jaguars Vikings have two picks we know they're going to use that 49ers Chiefs I mean there's a ton of teams. Saints Seahawks I mean any uh, Titans you know so I think the need matches the uh the available talent here I would be shocked if we don't get to six you know probably maybe even seven uh so minus 138 I'm willing to pay that to get over four and a half I like it. Absolutely
1: love it. I, I, that was going to be the next one I talked about because yes. in my mock draft, I have seven. Seven co- I couldn't believe this number was four and a half because you know what? I said, well, if there's not going to be seven, I love Jalen Johnson for uh for, uh for Utah. I have him the third best corner in the draft. I think he's better than Gladney, Fulton, and Terrell. Um, but those guys are right there. So I thought four and a half. How can it be four and a half? All right, let me do this a little bit more conservatively and Went through the draft. The minimum I see is five. Five is the minimum in the first round. Same so yeah. Here. Absolutely love that one.
0: Um I'm look I wanted to look and see. The other thing too, I was gonna say, I, I agree. I think it's a great pick. Um when you look at the cornerbacks.
2: And, oh, you didn't mention Noah Iguanagady. No, Just, I missed him. I have a long list of players I had I wanted yeah. to get through and I missed that one.
0: No, it's fine. Um but like I mean I was just saying, like, that's another guy who could creep in there too. I don't think Bryce Hall will, right. but I really like Bryce Hall as a player. The difference at wide receiver and cornerback after you get through the first like six guys, cornerback drops off. And wide receiver is just keeps running and is just deep as hell. And so I think while we could see like, you know, Denzel Mims and all these different wide receivers jump up into the first round as well, I think teams will be more like LaViska Chenault. Uh, Jalen Rager, Michael Pittman. I, I mean, I think pe- teams will be willing to wait on the wide receivers for day two and will put more of a premium on the cornerbacks in day one given what RJ mentioned about the, the need as well. So I think, I think that is a, that's a hammer spot right there. That might be the best bet of the whole thing. Um, speaking of secondary guys, uh, who I think could go in the first round. This doesn't count as a cornerback, but it does count as a defensive back. I want to take the under on Antoine Winfield at 34 and a half. It means he has to go early in the second round, so it's a little bit dicey. But I think, again, needs sort of match up with these teams who need help in the secondary. And Winfield, to me, is being slept on by uh mock drafters around the around the world. I put him in the first round of my final mock draft on Tuesday. He's a frickin' ball hawk. His dad played in the NFL forever. Um he's he's got the pedigree. He played at a high level in a in a good conference. Um I, I think this guy goes in the first round at the end of the day.
2: That's it, yeah. If if it's at thirty four and a half right now, I'm seeing forty
0: two and a half. Oh forty oh, oh, two. Thir- oh, th- I meant forty two then. What did I say?
2: <laughs> yeah. I think Delpit's at thirty four and a half right ah. above him. But that's pretty high for Winfield even at 42 and a half. That's I was looking high. at I, think... I was
0: like I was like I was like I don't really like 34 and a half. I was like yeah, 42 and a half. There you go. I love 42 and a half. That's a slam dunk. He's definitely going Is to the he... first 40 picks.
2: Yeah, He's gonna go 38th and I just cast your pick when you, you thought you weren't gonna get it. But, uh, there hasn't really been that much buzz on him you know, as far as the safety class goes. You know, you've seen guys like Jeremy Chin pick up buzz. Ashton Davis, a lot of people like. I like Ashton Davis as a sleeper, first safety off the board play at 33 to 1. I mean, I don't see why he couldn't be because if nobody's gonna go in the first round and it seems he's like a, he's He's a- He's a stud too. It seems like Xavier McKinney drops out of the first round of some mocks. I think it's kind of open season on who's going to be the first safety drafted out of Winfield, Davis, McKinney, Delpit, and even Shin. So if you can get a long shot bet on any of those guys, I figure why not. It's a good lottery ticket.
0: Okay. Uh
1: All right. Um Kenny, your next pick. Yeah, I was going to – uh that was going to be my next uh, spot to talk about is the first safety drafted, mm. and and the guy I have rated the number one safety, Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois. There you go. That guy's got unbelievable size, 6'3", 220. He ran a four four, a vertical leap of forty two. Um, Three year starter at Southern Illinois. He he is he is a playmaker. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I I thought this guy for sure. Uh, and looking at Xavier McKinney at 24 and a half, Delpit at 34 and, a half, and Winfield at 42 and a half, you're right. I, I think this could be a guy that goes late first round. Jeremy Chin could be the first safety drafted. I'm going to have to look up Ashton Davis. I know I've got him rated very high, but I didn't think I had him um, – Number I think I had him number three or number four because I know my numbers go Chin McKinney and then Delpit, but I think I have Winfield or Davis right there. But well, Chin's my guy.
0: Well, Chin Chin too was like I think like a couple of weeks ago it was like twenty four to one and started picking up a little steam. I know like Daniel Jeremiah tweeted about him. I know that he could be the first safety off the board. And we're like, look, I mean, yeah. The bottom line is when I mean DJ's a well respected draft guy when he tweets jeremy Chen could be the first safety off the board that's getting pounded and as a result it comes down to seven to one so I, I still like the bet at seven to one uh for sure but I agree like Ashton Davis maybe obviously more of a long shot but gives you a little bit more value so so I yeah, and, either one
2: and then you take you know, you look at the whole the whole board on that. You got Xavier McKinney minus three hundred. That's obviously still the favorite. That's the one people have talked about the most. Grand Delpit is plus three fifty, his stock has fallen as uh, these other names have crept up. Then you get to the Chin at plus seven hundred, Antoine Winfield at thirteen, that's that's a uh, Brinson's guy, and then Ashton Davis, my guy, thirty three. I mean sprinkle some on all three of those. That's yeah. the Chin Winfield Davis selection, and you could hit one easily if if somebody's not sold on McKinney. Some people are gonna have Chin as number one on their board, but what really comes down to is what the teams have. And if nobody really wants to draft McKinney in the first Round, they're looking at him in day two if some team really loves jeremy chin they could take him at 27 28 29 you just don't know i mean, uh, I, mean look, I don't think up. it's
0: i don't think it's crazy that like the, the Cowboys are not slay, you know, they're not beholden to whatever mock draft people think. Everybody's like, well, the Cowboys will just take McKinney. Like, they, they go off radar all the time and take it. Like, like, remember they took a guard and they, they, they took Zach Martin. They took Travis Frederick. Like, they might, they don't value defensive backs like that quite as much. It doesn't seem, but like, they could easily just take Jeremy Chen where they are without trading down.
2: Yeah, you could. There's been a lot of commentary that we're, we're going to be surprised at how the actual, you know, draft is. Mock draft season, everybody kind of coalesces around, you know, a group of of talent who's who's available where and with this situation that we're in now where these coaches haven't really got to talk to each other. I mean, these boards are going to look way different if you just go team by team and you have and you're able to like sneak into their war room and see what the draft board looks like. They're going to be way different this year. So we could see Shin being a top 20 pick. I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that out at all.
0: Yeah. And, and so I think in that regard too, like as a general approach to betting on these props, don't be afraid to, like you mentioned, sprinkle on some of these longer shot guys who actually could creep in. As, as RJ notes, like, I mean, put, you know, put, uh, if you're, if you're gonna, if you're playing a hundred dollar unit, put 15 bucks on Chen at seven to one, 15 bucks on, um, uh, Winfield at 13 to one, and 15 bucks on Ashton Davis at, at, at 33 to one. And if you hit one of them, you get a nice little payday. Is that right, yeah. math? Fair enough. Close. Yeah, and safety is, <laughs> safety is a
2: good position to do that too because, like I said, we just don't know how the top of the board is going to look. And I don't think anybody does because none of these guys are locked to be a top 25 pick.
0: All right, RJ, you're up.
2: Yeah, so in correlation to the cornerback thing, saying that there's going to be a lot of cornerbacks in the back half of the first round, I'm going total round one receivers under five and a half. It's at plus 160. Now this is going to be a little bit, you know, contrary to what some people think. I think if you were going to rank the the prospects available, I would put more than, you know, at least six guys, more than five and a half guys as a top 32 uh prospect in this draft. It's just the depth is so good and there's other needs to tackle that I think these guys are going to slip to, to day two and you wouldn't expect it. So, um other people are thinking, yeah, I'm going to hit the over on this. And that's why the ju- it's so much juice to the over because they see these re- receivers as top 32 picks. But you know, I think these guys are going corner. They're going with the linebackers, which I think kind of is drop off after the first three or four. And then, uh, they're going to go circle back to get a receiver on day two, whether that's Rager or Mims or Chenault or Michael Pittman or even if you get past that, guys like Van Jefferson and, and Jane and John and Hightower and j- just like there's so many guys that can uh, contribute on round three, four, or five in this draft. That there's no reason to push guys up your board and take them in round one. So I think under five and a half, you can get a plus 160. Um, it's even dropped a little bit, I think, since, since l- when I saw it earlier in the offseason a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, yeah, it just seems like a Good scenario where the draft's going to play out and we're only going to see four or five guys go.
1: Mm. Kenny, if yeah, great. I agree. Uh, that's a, one of the plays I, I've talked about for weeks because of the fact how deep the draft is with wide receivers. And I always say wide receivers are a dime a dozen. I, I think there's three guys, maybe four, you could move Jefferson into that round that you got to get. And then after that, there's 20 guys that are so close. In, in talent that it doesn't really matter which one you get, you're gonna get a good wide receiver. So I, I'm on board with that. I have uh five uh in my mock draft. You know, I got Higgins and Mims and Rieger going early second round. But yeah, I love that one a lot. There's only thirty-two picks in the first round. You gotta get some quarterbacks, you gotta get some defensive guys. There's gonna be
2: half of them defensive players. So there's only so many slots you can pick a wide receiver. Yeah, and the and the other thing you gotta think about is so the trades happen guys, Teams trade into the first round um, And you know Get that extra fifth round Fifth year option They look to target Certain guys at positions They don't think Is going to be available But their pick If you're a team trading up You're not doing it For a receiver Because wherever you're picking On day two You're going to be able To get a receiver So where uh, as other teams Could trade up To get a Jeremy Chin Or to get a Ross Blacklock At defensive tackle If they like that kind of guy Or to get Cesar Ruiz If he's not off the board In the top 25 I don't think you're trading up For a receiver You just sit where you are And take any of the guys You mentioned Brandon and I you uh, and any of these guys, you know, in on day two. So hey, the the um, last 10 years, you know, the, the NFL, when it turned to a passing
1: leg almost 20 years ago now, there was a run on wide receivers in the draft. But then they realized we could get these guys in the second, third and fourth round. So the last 10 years, only one time has there been more than five and a half receivers drafted in the first round just once in the last 10 years. So I, I just don't think it's happening again
2: under I, five and a half. And the NFL is a copycat league. We just saw a rookie class where the dominant receivers were A.J. Brown, a second-round pick, D.K. Metcalf, a second-round pick, and Terry McLaurin, who I believe was third-round, might have been fourth. Um So teams are going to see that and see if we can get impact guys. They're going to come out and be an impact player right away, especially in a class where we expect there to be a lot of those type of guys. Why are we going to push them up and take them in the, in the 21 to 32 range? So, well, well, yeah, I'm I'm bored with that too.
0: Again, there's also, like I was saying earlier, I mean, it, looking at like a – it's a draft. It's like a fantasy football draft. If you'd want one wide, let's say you want one cornerback and one wide receiver. Well, you're going to have to, you look at the board and you say, okay, I know I'm going to get one of these guys. Like if I get the top wide receiver, then I'm going to have to settle for a cornerback who's in the 15 to 20 range, or I can get one of the top cornerbacks and I can settle with one of the wide receivers in the 15 to 20 range. I mean, the cornerbacks, good luck evaluating those guys quite as well. But I'll tell you, I mean, like, I am not a turbo draft Nick, but Van Jefferson, KJ Hill, and James Prochet, uh, those guys are in the 15 to 20 range, and those guys could be impact wide receivers at the NFL level uh, starting in year one.
2: Yeah, you can just keep going down. let chase Claypool. Turned heads. Yeah. People, people thought he'd be a tight end, but he, he the way he ran, I mean, he's going to stick at receiver. It looks like. Um, and then yeah, just go name after name. There's some Texas guys that you might like, Devin Duvernay. Um, yeah. there's going to be there's going to be uh, I like Antonio Gandy Golden at a Liberty. He's a big target. He's kind of like if you don't get T Higgins or Michael Pittman in round two, you go get him in round four or late round, right, late round three, early round four. He's going to give you the same type of thing. Yeah. Um, so to just identify those guys all the way down the board.
0: And there's been a lot of talk. About- about Brandon Ayuk going in the first round, and I think he might ultimately do that. But, like, if you look at the group of secondary guys who we're talking about where you would need to get that sixth guy in there, Ayuk just had core muscle surgery. LaViska Chenault, who's a stud but is probably not going to come in to be an elite, you know, route runner or anything right out of the gate. He just had core muscle surgery. T. Higgins is a high-point guy, but, I mean, like – he, he doesn't burn it. Denzel Mims is a scorcher, but he's got questionable hands. Um, and then Michael Pittman, another bigger type of guy. Like I think T Higgins, Michael Pittman are day two guys. So I, I, I just think I, I think I'm on board with that, even though I, maybe in my mock draft, I had 12 wide receivers going, uh, in the first round. <laughs> um, I have here listed two, a second quarterback taken. I was trying to find those odds. I don't know if they're definitely on there, but, um, I saw it on an offshore where that had dropped to like, it's like basically even money right now. And I like, I like that idea a lot too. Uh, if you can find to a uh, second quarterback taking Kenny uh, back to you.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm glad that RJ mentioned chase Claypool. He's, he's one of my favorites. And if you can get him early second round six, four runs a four, four with a 41 inch vertical. That's those are amazing numbers. Um, my next pick is going to be similar to the wide receivers that I always say running backs are a dime a dozen. There's 64 running backs in the NFL right now in the depth chart, first string and second string. Out of those 64 guys, 12 were first-round draft picks, 12 are free agents that were never drafted. There's as many free agents in the two deep depth charts in the NFL as their first. Why would you draft a running back in the first round? They have a small short shelf life and you can find a free agent that is as good as a first rounder there's no other position on the field where there's as many free agents as there are first rounders at any position other than running back so i'm going to go no running back first round plus 190
2: yeah i'm on, completely on board with this i think it might have dropped i i was touting it as when it opened at plus 220 and it was 190 all the way leading up to draft week now i think it might be plus 140 it seems like people have started to buy into the fact that there's not going to be a running back drafted now the the thing you have to look at is the class. If there is a standout running back, then you could see some of these teams that don't have success, that are always picking in the top 20, wanting to push him off the board. We, when you look at this class, I don't think that guy exists. It seems like DeAndre Swift is everybody's favorite, but I'm not sure he's the first running back taken. Jonathan Taylor blew up the combine. He doesn't seem like a first-round pick. Um so these guys I don't think they're going to be first round picks. I think the teams that are picking in the range where these guys would otherwise go are the teams that know that know what those stats that Kenny was just saying. You don't need a good running back to uh to to have success. You can be the Chiefs and get by with Damian Williams or the Patriots and get by with, you know, the running backs they had for a long time before they for some reason spent a first round pick on a running back. So even the Patriots do something dumb every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, both 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 Super Bowl teams this year had a running back that was a free agent. Start yeah, running it seems like that happens basically every year. So a little a related pick. This was wasn't going to be one of my picks. Actually, it might be now because my fifth pick was going to be that exact same under on the total total running backs. Not going to have one drafted. Um, I'm looking at J.K. Dobbins as the first running back drafted at eight to one. I mean, there was no buzz with him whatsoever because he didn't run at the combine. So since the uh, the season ended, nobody's really been talking about him. Swift is at minus two hundred. Jonathan Taylor's next at plus two hundred. Uh, but then you get to Dobbins, who's are, is the running back one on some people's boards. And just because he hasn't gotten any buzz, I don't think that means we should discount him completely and take him out of that, that group of top three. Um, and then it's just like the safety position. Once you have... We're waiting until the second round for the first guy to come off the board. It could really be anyone. Somebody's going to have Dobbins as their running back one off the board and if that person just happens to be picking before another running back comes off, then Dobbins is going to be the first pick. I mean, are you going to rule out that, uh, Houston's going to draft a running back at, at, uh, 40 the way that they value that position? I'm not. Uh, it could be Dobbins, it could be Taylor, it could be Swift. I think it's kind of a, 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 a lottery, you know, pick a name out of a hat for, t- for which one it's going to be. And if you're getting Dobbins at 8 to 1, I like that value.
0: I think there's a good chance the Chargers take another running back at the 37th overall pick there. Um, Dolphins at 39 would make a lot of sense and yeah, Dobbins could be the guy. I don't hate that. I wish Clyde Edwards-Helaire was a little bit better value uh than 5 to 1 because I think he could steal he could steal the top spot there but you're right. And I am I'm with you. Under under uh under one running back is a slam dunk here. This is The teams aren't going to do it. There are just too many other positions and good players there. And again, Andy Reid's never drafted a running back earlier than 58, which is when he took Lashawn McCoy. He's he's gotten by. He knows you can get by on cheap running backs. Kyle Shanahan has like his the entire premise of his offense is predicated on not paying for running backs. Like that's why they stole. Champ Bailey, uh, back in the day, well his dad did it, but back in the day, you know, the Champ Bailey Clinton Portis trade. So that's not gonna happen there. Um, and those teams at the bottom just have running backs in place. Uh, my, uh, this is our final one, but we can throw out some more if you have them. Uh, I'm gonna say Javon Kinlaw over 13 and a half draft spot. There's a, a clip of Brian Brodeus, who used to work for the Cowboys, saying that Kinlaw, who I, I, lo- I like Kinlaw a lot, but apparently teams are starting to get really worried about his injury history, both with an ankle and a hip. Brodias was on three, The Fan in Dallas and pointed that out. So uh, I think there's a little bit of value there because people are expecting Ken Law not to slip. But I think he could be the guy who injuries cause to surprisingly drop further than people are expecting.
2: It's funny how uh, uh, these injuries that have happened a long time ago and nothing has changed over the last few months somehow get bubbled to the surface in the days leading up to the draft. It's weird how that happens, you know that that team suddenly lets slip out there that we're we we do not know about this. Well, guy. he we doesn't work. He not work. Injury. He
0: doesn't work for the Cowboys now.
2: Well, I know, but I mean, he's he's got team sources with with Cowboys and maybe some other teams. That it's just weird that that this would come up if if nothing has you know, substantively changed with like a test that that's happened. And the fact that this is coming out from certain teams just kind of seems like, Let him slip to us. We want him. So 13 and a half. It's it's interesting. We talk about the the 49ers earlier at 13. They're going to be looking to trade down, it looks like. If they can't, I think Kinlaw is the one that makes the most sense, just as a direct replacement for for DeForest Buckner after that trade. And he would fit in there. It it, it completely plays to their strength of building that defensive line to be the strength of their team. And it was so successful last year that I think they're going to stick with it and go with Kinlaw if he's there and if they can't trade down at 13.
0: Okay. Um, this is from an NFL.com article on February 25th. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a ways back, but, uh, lower, uh, let's see, uh, Ken law, who previously had a labrum repaired in one of his hips, as well as a past back injury and two knees that multiple teams have flagged as a, as at risk of arthritis. It's a lot.
2: Yeah, he could, he could slow. I mean, it just depends. We don't know, you know. If the 49ers don't have a good medical grade on him, then he's not going to get taken by the 49ers at 13. That's for sure. So yeah. just without knowing specifically which teams have, you know, certain medical red flags in him, he could go. We saw that we talked about on Monday with Maurice Hurst went all the way to round five when everybody thought he would be a yeah. round one pick, maybe early, early day two. And he's in round five. So you know, I also think you've got, good.
0: you got two quarterbacks. You have four offensive linemen. So that's six. You got uh, three wide receivers. That's nine. Um, and then you also have two cornerbacks so you're at 11 and Derek Brown defensive tackle Isaiah Simmons all of a sudden that's 13. so like if,
2: if you assume they all go i mean the Beck you course. know drug you know flag drug yeah. test i' make him go a little bit under under people expect he could go 14 15 16 maybe a little later I don't don't uh, forget, all forget all about
0: don't, re- don't forget about jeremy Chen
2: chin, uh, one of those receivers might not go top, you know, 13, you know, we could see rugs go 15, 16, 17, somebody trades up for him. So, so, uh, you know, all, all those are good players. I think there is a cutoff, I think probably 16, 17, like lock round one guys, you know, a lot of the guys you were mentioning, plus maybe kill chase on, I think I throw in there. Um, and then Justin Jefferson, I think at that point it's kind of a free for all, you know, from 18 to, to
0: 32. Uh, all right. Well, while we're on this, this is actually one of the ones that, uh, my man C-Rex at Rixie182 sent me a list. He's over in England and they have a minimal number of bets they can make, but he's a podcast listener and he wanted us to check these out. Kinlaw was one of them. So you're, that's our analysis there on Kinlaw. You have a thought of Kinlaw, by the way, Kenny?
1: Yeah. No, I was over. I had him at uh, number 18 in the draft uh, and I see the CBS mock draft version five also had him at number 18. So that was, that was I'm, me, uh, com- so. complete agreement.
0: Yeah. That was me too, I think. Um, Oh no, the CBS, the CBS online box draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, B- uh, BMAC.
1: That was BMAC's pick.
0: You're right, you're right. Uh, oh no, I, I had him dropping, dropping a little bit in my mind that came out on Tuesday.
2: Uh, Jedrick Wills,
0: over under eight and a half.
2: I like the under there. Uh, I think that he's the, he's the best fit for me to the Giants. I think if you look at the first offensive, t- offensive lineman prop, uh, drafted on William Hill, Wills is the favorite right now. And if we think that the Giants are going offensive lineman, that means he's going four or unless there's a trade down. I think the Chargers are also a sleeper offensive lineman pick. If they yep. don't go quarterback, I think left tackle is going to be the thing that helps him out, them out the most this year. So I could see Wills being off the board at four or six. And, if not, then maybe even eight.
0: Yeah. And Wills played r- both tackle spot I believe in college. So the Cardinals could take him at eight and plug him on the other side with DJ Humphreys. If they want to try and protect uh, Kyler Murray, uh, Jeff Akuta, Kenny over under four and a half.
1: Jeff under over four and a half. Yeah. Well, obviously you got to go under. Um, it's been the talk the entire time. Uh, the Detroit lions must win now. And they need a defensive player and they feel like Acuda is the second best defensive player in the, in the draft. Behind Chase Young, so if they don't make a trade, Akuta's going number three. Yeah,
2: agree. I agree with that.
0: Yep. Uh, Jerry Judy over under twelve and a half.
2: I would say under at this point. Uh, I know that you like mocking him to the to the Jets. Um, it's possible he's a first receiver taken. There's been some buzz that the Broncos are trying to trade up to get him. If they're the Broncos, why are you going to sit and just take the third guy on your board if that's rugs at 15 when you have all these extra picks? I mean, they did a lot of work in, in free agency to improve their team. They don't have a ton of needs and now they have their first, their second and three third round picks plus oh. extra pick, you know, also picks on day three. Use some of that capital to get up to 10, get up to 11 or nine, wherever you need to get to, to get Judy if he's your guy. So I could see Judy being, you know, hitting under there in a trade not even in a is he going to go to the Jets? he's going to go to the raiders you know it could be a trade that makes that happen
0: yeah and look you could have cd you know like the the eagles have been rumored to trade up to get cd lamb they go up and get cd lamb or like i mean somebody surprises and takes lamb or rugs early and then all of a sudden judy's gonna to go to the like the his his floor is probably the raiders unless cj it's him and cj cj henderson there yeah uh okay so let's recap what uh what are your
1: picks that you had kenny I like, uh, Jacob Eason over 53 and a half in his round prop. Jake, Jake Fromm over 68 and a half. Um, I'm also another quarterback, Herbert over five and a half. Now let me give you this guys. Last two years in the top 10, they're pretty predictable, but after the top 10, 65% of the over under numbers went over. Wow. 65%. 65%. Yeah, because somebody's going to get drafted that we didn't know about and it just pushes everyone else down and they 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 create these numbers cuz people all want to bet
2: the under. under cause they, sure.
1: Yeah, cuz they want to bet the guy's going to get drafted before the number. So, um I like that one. I like Jeremy Chin, plus $7 for safety drafted. Uh no running backs first round and uh RJ's right. That price is down to $1.40. It's just crashing. So, you better get it now or you'll lose value. And even money, I think there's, there's no value to it, but plus 40, there's still value. Um, and my last one I'll give you, uh, or Tristan Wirtz, I gave you uh, first lineman plus a dollar 50. All right. RJ.
2: Yeah, C.J. Henderson under 12.5 is at plus 100. Now hopefully you were reading Sportsline and you got it when it was plus 150 or you even got it when it was 17.5 because there's no way that, that he was going to go uh, past the Cowboys at that point. Uh, team to draft two, uh, Miami at plus 125. I'm buying into it being smokescreen, and he's going to end up there, and we're getting great value on a prop that was heavily favored to Miami earlier in this process. Uh, total round one cornerbacks over 4.5. you got to pay – Minus a dollar thirty-eight to get that, but I think that's a pretty pretty good lock based on the the talent at the position plus the needs of the teams drafting in the back half of the first round. Uh, total round one receivers under five and a half at plus one sixty that correlates to the cornerback pick. If the cornerbacks are getting off the board, the receivers probably aren't, and teams are going to take advantage of that depth, especially the smart teams that are picking at the end of the first round. Uh, so plus one sixty just a great value there. Um, I'm on board with Kenny's total round one our running backs under with 0.5, if you can get it at plus 140, like he was saying. It even I would jump off of that. And then a first running back drafted, J.K. Dobbins, plus 800, is the value pick that's tied into that prop.
0: All right, and uh, I've got – I agree on C.J. Henderson under twelve and a half. I think it's still a great bet. That's one you should hammer if you're listening to this. Check your book and see if it's out there. I like Andrew Thomas as the first offensive lineman taking a five to one. You're just splashing a little bit on that because you know it's a medium medium shot there. Uh, Antoine Winfield under forty two and a half. I think he will go much earlier than mocks are projecting. I also like uh, his first safety thirteen to one. We mentioned Ashton Davis thirty three to one and Jeremy Chen seven to one. Combine those and get that um to a second quarterback taken if that's available at anything near even money i like it and javon kinlaw over 13 and a half i'm also on board i'm on board with all the two of miami stuff as well as the no running back in the first round um all right fellas this is fun we got to bounce because kenny's got to listen to me talk for another hour and uh and rj you can come hang out too if you want uh, excellent prop work. I think we've informed the people. We've given them some locks. Let's crush these, and then we'll spend the next three months peacocking around, talking about how we killed the draft. Uh, otherwise, we'll just be quiet and, and, and hand out grades. Uh, <laughs> at KYDVegas on Twitter for Kenny, and at R J White one on Twitter for RJ. Thanks, guys. Thank you.